Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio. Me, Mr. Biz Ken Wentworth, and uh, you know we always—I I say this all the time, but I, I truly mean it. We always try to come up with some different angles on different topics. Maybe we've covered before. We've been doing the show for five plus years now, so it makes it difficult to do sometimes. But today, uh, we were successful. We're going to have a uh, talk about something today that we have literally—well, we've scratched the surface on. It. We've never done a show on it though specifically, um, so. We're not only going to talk about how to some of the principles of outperforming, of doing that, right? Super important for everybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or business owner, it doesn't matter what, you don't even have to be a business owner or entrepreneur, um, important for you as well, your corporate career, whatever it might be, your nine to five. But also, we're going to talk about a topic that many of you, I know I get questions about often, and that is literally how to go from ground zero, how to go from starting a business to an IPO. An initial public offering. How, how, what, what are some of the steps? What are some of the things to avoid? What are some of the bumps in the road? Now, of course, super deep topic. We could talk about it for a long time. We're going to scratch the surface on in here a little bit more. But this week, we're talking with Mr. Peter Lazar. Uh, Peter's gone from ground zero to IPO, hence why we're having on and talk about that. He is the number one international best-selling author of Restaurant Strong, a study of outperformance in the restaurant industry. And especially as Restaurant industry has been so heavily impacted during the pandemic. So I'm really looking forward to our talk today. As CEO and CFO, he has run large multinational private and publicly traded hospitality companies with thousands of restaurants, hotel, and real estate employees around the globe. Peter is also the founder of two restaurants recognized by the 50 best in the Discovery Series. Lastly, he is an investor in restaurant, blockchain, and real estate developments. So without further ado, Peter Lazar, welcome to Mr. Biz Radio. Ken, I'm so excited to be here. It's really an honor. You and I have spoken before and I've been looking looking forward to this formal uh, meet for quite some time. So I appreciate uh, getting to meet your audience. Yeah, well, I, and thanks for your patience with that. I know we had a little delay on our end and, and with some okay. different things. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, I've, again, I've been looking forward to this conversation. And it's like got delayed. And I'm like, oh, crap. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking today with you. So I guess, uh, Peter, let's get started. Uh, we always like to start with our guests talking about your entrepreneur journey. Like, how did you, you know, evolve into the successful entrepreneur that you are now? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's such a great question, right? Because, um, uh, you really need to go back to, uh, you know, what started your, you know, what sparked uh, your, your entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak, because I, I think that most of us, when we think about it, we can come back to a particular moment in time and say, we got interested in this, we got interested in that. And, and that moment for me started in a really strange uh, place. I was actually um, uh, 10 years old, and I was in Kabul, Afghanistan as a boy. Oh, wow. Yes. Before the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. And, um, and I was there because my parents uh, worked 
with nonprofits that uh, were affiliated with the, the Department of State uh, and they're working on healthcare and uh, uh, programs for the government of Afghanistan. And, uh, and so we were there for two wonderful years, but halfway through that experience, there was a coup d'etat when the government was toppled by a new government with a lot of violence. There's basically a war zone around our house for several days that uh, uh, was backed by the Soviets. And that was when, when the world started to change. And, and my entrepreneurial journey started about two weeks after uh, all that uh, aggression ended. And I walked out onto the street to this little kebab stand and this is a kebab stand that I've been to many times in a, in a little marketplace. And this guy who sat on a wooden platform with a deep clay oven built into the ground had a line of maybe 100 people. Jeez. Okay, And so you have to picture that there's rubble, there are bullet holes, there are soldiers around. Uh, it's still people are very uncertain. And you have this guy serving kebab who'd always had a line, but I'd never seen a line that long before, right? And, uh, and what I realized uh, in that moment is that um, there's something about this guy that I didn't really understand because I'd had his kebab, I don't know, many times. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it was only sort of years later that I was able to go back and understand something that you could probably guess at today. And that is, uh, he was really serving a need beyond food. And that need was uh, a sense for a community to come together and have a chance to, to speak, right? <laughs> and to find out what's going on. And, um, and so there, there was a whole complexity of, of reasons people were out that you couldn't understand when you're just looking at the kebabs that he served, right? Uh, but it was in that moment that I really understood that business um, has some creative sides to it that weren't clear to me, right? And, uh, and then sort of it went on from, uh, from there. And I, I was very fortunate because um, I ended up, you know, traveling to over 50 countries during my life, living in a number of countries during my lifetime. And so I've, I've been able to take my journey in a lot of uh, different uh, directions. And that's also been a really creative, creative pursuit. So that's where it started, but obviously uh, it's not, uh, it's not where it ended. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, I can, I can say with certainty, Peter, that you are 100% the first guest that ever started their entrepreneurial journey in a war torn area that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was truly amazing uh, that, um, we can have businesses that people feel uh, uh, connections to for reasons that we can't understand, right? And, um, and, and, and when you understand that those connections exist, but they're sort of invisible below the surface of things, that's when you can start to find your real entrepreneurial journey. And that is, how, how do I understand what is going on with, uh, with human needs, right? uh that uh that can send me on a trajectory that others haven't seen yet right and that's that was captured in that moment i just didn't grasp the whole thing yeah and so uh, you may have mentioned this i can't remember how long did it take you to sort of figure that out like was it 10 years later 20 years later 10 yeah, five years later was, where you kind of went yeah. back in time and said man this that's that is where it started it, it it's uh, it's a great question 
I think that uh, when I first got into the restaurant business as an adult, I was able to look back on that moment and connect to that moment and say, you know, I really started thinking about food at that point, right? And and then slowly I started to realize I started thinking about food as a business at that point, right? Um, and and that was you know so ten to uh, early thirties, really. That was a long time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, again, this week, guys, we've been talking, we're talking with Mr. Peter Lazar. You can find out more at peterlazar.com. That's uh, Peter. His last name is spelled L-E-S-A-R. Again, peterlazar.com. Find out more there. Check out his book. Uh, he's, as I mentioned before, international bestseller, Restaurant Strong is the name of his book. We're going to come back after the break. We'll give the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And then we are going to talk about principles of outperformance before we get into going from ground zero to IPO. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. As we always do at the beginning of the second segment, we always give the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And this week's tip, I actually have to cheat a little bit here because it is a quote um, from none other than Mr. Thomas Edison. I think everyone's heard of that guy. Mildly successful, right? Uh, So you might want to lean in on this one. His quote is, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And you guys have probably heard the story about when he was, uh, allegedly when he was in, inventing the light bulb and it took him, you know, they said a thousand times to, to be successful. And they, so someone asked him at one point after he had been successful with it and created the light bulb, you know, how did you not give up? You know, you, you 700 times, 800 times, 900 times you failed and um, interestingly enough, and it's, it, as you think about it, it, I thought it was interesting. He said, I just knew that when, it, when I failed, I knew that's one other way that it won't work. So let me, let me shift that up. And so he said, I amassed 900 plus ways that it won't work. I had to be getting closer and closer to, to success, right? To, to achieving the result he wanted. So that is Mr. Biz tip of the week. Keep trying, use that consistent perseverance that we always talk about, um, to be successful. All right. Pete, let's get back into this. So uh, we left off, uh, you got into the restaurant industry. I want to talk a little bit more about that. What led you to re- writing Restaurant Strong, your book, um, and then yeah, into some so of the other things you're into? What, that's a great question. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Ken. I, I think that right. uh, what led that in that direction is o- over time, uh, I uh, was iterating in business just like uh, Thomas Edison was in, in, in light bulbs. 
And uh, I ended up uh, uh, putting together a, a venture with five other guys that went on to eventually go public. And that, uh, that venture was a hospitality business that operated in markets in Asia and Latin America. And, and we, we ended up listing on uh, uh, an exchange called the Euronext in Europe. And, um, and what I discovered is that of all of our, our businesses, you know, we went from zero to 5,000 employees, uh, uh, our restaurants were, uh, were the hardest businesses to make money in, right? And sure. I think people generally understand that. Uh, but what a lot of people don't understand is it's hard even if you really understand the business quite deeply. And so I began this journey of, of studying leaders in the restaurant space to understand what uh, they all seem to have in common that led to their great levels of success. And that's where I, I really started to see that underneath tactics and underneath strategies in all businesses, not just in restaurants, there are first principles of why some businesses rise above all others. And as soon as I understood that, I leaned into the research for literally a decade and worked on this book, which I could have done for business in general, but I felt felt it was needed for the restaurant space coming out of COVID-19. Yeah, well, interesting. So I, I talk about this all the time, and it's actually part of my next book, uh, which will be coming out here very soon, is, is and you did it, modeling expert behavior. Right. You know, when you're trying to trying a new venture and, you know, looking at, I'm not saying you copy what people do, but you look at, like you had mentioned, you're looking, what are the most successful restaurateurs and what do they have in common and how can I replicate that in my business? And I talk about that all the time. I think that's so important is oftentimes I think folks neglect that and they try to do things on their own. They're trying to, they, they got the machete and they're, they're in the forest and they're trying to cut down all this brush where there's a path over here. You, you, you could follow that path. It's already, someone's already cut down the brush in the path. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The uh, and, and of course, their tactics and their strategies, and there's then what underlies all of those that we can use to, to navigate uh, more sure-footedly, right? And where I got fascinated was what 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 is that last piece of logic below which no other explanation is required, right? What is the final why, okay? And, and, and that's what I was looking for. And that's what these first principles are. They're really not the tactics or the strategies, but what are the principles you use to spot which tactics and strategies can be adopted for your business to drive you to, to outperform competitors? Well, that's a great segue. Let's, let's dive into some of those principles, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, one, which is uh, really all these apply to all businesses. And that's, that's really why I'm so excited about this interview because, uh, so I'll, I'll give you one. Let's talk about pole signs, for example. Okay, let's, a pole sign is a sign that McDonald's might have that goes way up into the sky. We've all seen them and they have the big golden arches set against the sky, right? And if you think about that, or you think about a Facebook ad, right, that uh, somebody in a digital information uh, business uh, might use to sell uh, a, a book, right, or some content, what do they have in common, right? What, it, what is underlying both of those, right? Well, the reason that the restaurateur put that sign up against the sky is because 
you could see it, right? There was no other clutter around. There's just the blue sky behind it, right? And so in effect, when you dig deep down, you understand they're trying to maximize their visibility, right? And the same thing with a Facebook ad. A Facebook ad will work if it is designed to maximize visibility, meaning it goes to the right targets, it, it has something in it that stops people and catches, catches their eye, right? And it's something that people want to, want to share on and increase the visibility of, right? And so rather than focusing on the Facebook ad or the poll sign, which are tactics or maybe strategies, depending on how much there is to them, we can say, we can understand there's a first principle of visibility, right? That says that if I am more visible to my target market than anybody else, right? Then more people will recall me and the greater the market recall of who I am, the more people will spend money with me, right? And that drives growth. And so as soon as you understand that, you can point to visibility through all aspects of our business, right? You can write a book to increase your visibility. You can host a radio show to increase your visibility. You can go on Mr. Biz Radio Show to increase your visibility, right? <laughs> Exactly, and that we need to look at the first principle of visibility and apply it to everything we do. And when we do that effectively, when we translate that effectively, the world uh, has a better chance of recalling us and spending money with us than if we don't focus on visibility, right? So that's the advantage of understanding the first principle is you understand that as soon as that navigation tool is there, you can point it to uh, your business or your life in innumerable ways, not just, oh, I want to sign. Got it? That makes yeah. sense? Yeah, it makes yeah, perfect that, sense. I, and I agree that. with it a thousand percent. I mean, uh, you know, Grant Cardone talks about best known beats best product. And he says, you know, that doesn't mean to have a crappy product, but McDonald's is a great example. And I, I've, I've mentioned this, I think, a few times on the show in the past. McDonald's, how many billions of dollars do they make every year, right? Yeah. Do people go to McDonald's because they have the best food? I mean, I, I would argue they have, they might have the best French fries. Okay, I'll throw that out there. But other than that, it's not like they have organic, high quality food and everything and nothing against McDonald's, but it, you know, it's not like it's, it's you're getting a gourmet uh, filet at McDonald's. It's not because they have the best food. It's there everywhere. Everyone knows the golden arches. Every they're, every, they're ubiquitous, right? You, you can't right. go past the street corner practically without seeing a McDonald's. So that visibility is real, those golden arches. Even in the movie, uh, The Founder, you know, uh, Ray Kroc talks about that, of putting the golden arches up against the sky and making it like a church uh, gathering community, like you'd mentioned even uh, back from your early days in Afghanistan. Uh, we're running up against a break here. I apologize, I'm running out of time here. We're gonna hit the break, come back, and continue talking with Peter Lazar. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. 
you can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. Join MrBizNation at MrBizSolutions.com. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. So I apologize for that abrupt ending. I'm, I'm staring at the, the producer Allen's clock uh, in the in the studio here, and I've, I've just got ranting on the topic and completely lost my, my train of thought, so I apologize for that abrupt ending. Uh, not very uh, radio professional there. Had to had to cut it quick. But um, so, Peter, look, I I love as I mentioned, I love that principle, that first principle. Um, maybe can we talk about maybe one more? Um, because I do want to get into yeah. you know some of the some of the challenges with going from ground zero to IPO um, and make sure we hit that as well. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, there's something that's called the first principle of truth, right? And and so. We live in this world of different truths uh, these days in politics, for example, right? Uh, but this is this has existed for uh, forever, and what we need to understand is that uh, whoever owns the truth of something wins in the business world as well. So let, let me give you an example of this, right? Um, we would say, to use your McDonald's uh, example, that the fast food industry is really about manufactured processed food. We know that they're getting frozen patties. We know that they're getting frozen fries, right? They're made in some sort of factory over there. And so we understand that fast food comes with a processed nature to it, right? And that's a cultural truth, a belief by our society that fast food is processed. And a priori truth is the opposite of whatever everybody believes, right? And so Chipotle came along as an example and said, no, I can serve food fast with real ingredients and introduced a new truth, right? And slowly but surely began to own that truth and convince the world that his truth was better, right? And so when you look at any hugely successful business, what they have done is they have under, uncovered a truth of the day that everybody believed, a cultural truth, and they have convinced everybody that that truth was wrong and that there was a better way of doing things, a new truth, right? And when you can do that and own that narrative of what is true and right, it is a first step really in going from ground zero to IPO to create that transition for you can. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's perfect. And I, I was going to make the same, same uh, transition is, you know, as you continue to grow and scale, moving yourself towards an IPO, um, that's, that's going to be a super important one as well, because I think that's a massive game changer. I mean, you know, the, the, the keyword that everyone uses, uh, seems to use nowadays last few years of uh, it's a disruptor, right? They d disrupted right. the industry. Um, and I think that's uh, uh, very true. So yeah, let, let's get into a little bit of that. So as you guys uh, were, were growing the business and, and moving towards an IPO, you know, walk us through some of those things, maybe some of the things that we should make sure we do look out for or setting ourselves up for, and maybe even some of the bumps in the road that you guys hit that you want to warn us about to make sure we steer around those. Yeah, so I would say there are three fundamentals uh, before we get into some of the more practical details. One is 
if you are not out every day with a narrative that's that shows the world why what you're doing is is abruptly more important than the traditional ways people do things you are not going to get to an ipo you're not going to be able to turn the world towards you that's one okay two is if you're whatever you're doing is not deeply solving specific human needs okay that will be a second domino and so you need to understand very deeply if you're mcdonald's solving the need of i'm i'm hungry and i need to fuel up right now right or you are a community restaurant if you're in the restaurant space solving the need of love and belonging i want to see my community right so whatever business you're in you have to be solving a particular need better than everybody else does because only then will the market be sticky to you will you be able to stack up loyal customers because you have a best solution okay and and, and three within sort of the trifecta foundational ideas we touched on from the beginning if you're not more visible talking about your narrative of truth and sharing your solutions with the world uh, then you're not going to get to be a publicly traded company those three are essential for any company to rise up okay now beyond that the most important thing you need to understand is actually how does the world of finance really work okay because in every business sector that exists there are pivot points when finance will get interested in you, okay? And if you don't know what those are, you're working toward the wrong uh, phases of development. So to track it to the restaurant industry, for example, when you have five to 10 restaurants of a single brand, you can now hope to attract funds or other types of institutional investors to help you to grow. But if you only have three, they won't even take your calls, right? So in every single sector, there are pivot points when finance is interested, right? And moreover, in every single sector, there are KPIs, you know, key performance indicators that finance is looking for that if you don't have, they're also not gonna be interested. But most of all, they are indicators of how much greater your future cash flows are going to be than everybody you compete with right otherwise if you're not project if you're not building a business that is building better cash flows than everybody else in your sector you're also not going to be able to head towards ipo that makes sense yeah absolutely absolutely 100 yeah and i think it's so true and like you said a different than every industry but you know and i think that really the bottom line for the most part is finance gets in, gets interested when they see there's enough of a body of work of a proof of concept that we could scale this from as you mentioned five or ten restaurants we could have 500 restaurants right but at three eh, it could be just really good location you know there could be a lot of variable once you have five to ten in that in that industry i think they, they start to get their interest and then maybe you could tell your story a little bit more etc and and the, like you said those breakpoints are different for every every industry every industry and, and they want to it's exactly like you said they want the concept to be proven but they also want to see that you have done enough body of work to use your language ken that you as an owner and a manager have proven that you can walk through those types of fires and come out ahead right as an individual because mm -hmm. they don't want to invest in a concept that's great if there is not somebody who's who's capable of driving at more levels 
right? And if you don't have an eye, again, on, on what those pivot points are for finance and those basic requirements that, that, that they have, then you're aiming in the wrong direction generally, and you won't ever get on the track. So investigating that for your segment, you know, when did ABC company become public? When did they first get funded? What was going on in their business when they first became funded? Uh, that's really critical. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it goes back to what we, we talked about earlier is modeling expert behavior. Find someone who's already already cleared that brush uh, on the in the IPO world in your industry and, and, and look at those breakpoints. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Look, I, we've only got about a minute left, so I, I don't I, I don't want to dive too deep into anything else. But um, look, go back out, go out to PeterLazar.com. That's uh, again, his last name is spelled L-E-S-A-R, PeterLazar.com. Check out his book, Restaurant Strong, where he talks about a lot of these outperformance um, um, principles of outperformance that we talked that we, we touched on a little bit in the second segment and uh, scratched it a little bit here in the third as well. But lots of great information in both. I've, I didn't read the entire book, but I skimmed it when I was prepping for the interview and everything. So good stuff there. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I feel like we could have like five shows on this. And whenever you want to, I'm, I'm willing to, to dig deep on all these things. Uh, you know, this, this book and the body of work that I've done really gives people a roadmap, not just sort of the highlights. And, and that's why I think the book is worthy of, of, of your readers because they can get in and understand the how-tos of it. Yeah, perfect, awesome. Well, again, this week we've been talking with Peter Lazar. I appreciate you guys watching as always. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.